Are you ready, Flyer fans? It's the Anthony Grant Show, presented by Bud Light. Tonight's show is brought to you by... Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Bud Light, where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Now, here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. And good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome to the Anthony Grant Show, coming your way from our WHIO studios tonight, but always sponsored by our friends at Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. So, a great place to go as you head into championship weekend on Sunday at uh, see the Bengals uh, going up against the Chiefs, and then the uh, 49ers and the Rams, a great place to take it in, have a great meal on top of that, or or get the uh, get your wings and stuff to go and bring it home. But at any rate, make Frickers part of your championship uh, Sunday uh, NFL viewing. Well, also the sponsor of the Anthony Grant Show is the Dayton Flyers season rolls on. Dayton now uh, with a record of 12-7, and 4-2 and two in the Atlantic 10, coming off a split last week, a home win over uh, over St. Bonaventure, uh, 68 to 50, and then a road loss on Saturday at George Mason, uh, uh, 50 to 49. Coach Grant joins us on the phone uh, here this evening. And coach, uh, you know, starting with the uh, the George Mason game on Saturday, sometimes basketball can be boiled down to a pretty simple game: make it tough for your opponents to make shots, and then make shots yourself. Now Dayton did part of that at least on Saturday. Yeah, you know, obviously um, disappointed with the loss. I thought, you know, like we talked about after the game, Larry, I thought offensively, you know, it was, it was probably our worst game of the year in terms of our efficiency for two halves. Give George Mason credit. They did a really good job with their scouting report, did a good job taking some things away from us. And uh, they were really physical. And, uh, yeah, it was a good game. We had opportunities. Uh, but, unfortunately, we weren't able to pull it out. You know, you look and, and and you look back at that game, and you know, it's it's hard to do that. It, it just you know, one more shot falls. In a one point game, you could you could look at almost every possession, and if it turns out a little different, uh, it could be a different outcome. But is it important not to do that? Is it important to to view it as a total work and to look at what happened through the entirety of the game and not just say, well, one single possession would have made a difference. Yeah, well, we always try to take whether it's a win or a loss. We always try to take lessons and, and teaching points that we can that we can use to help us become a better team. And you know, I've said this many times. We we, we like learning through winning, you know. But when you have a, a difficult loss like like that, you know, where it's it's a one possession game, and there were so many things throughout the course of the game, whether it be on offense or on defense, that uh, you know, I think we can we could use to help us, you know, get better as a team. We tried to pick out just a few things for our guys and. Uh, with the understanding that we had a quick turnaround, you know, going from Saturday night on the road to Tuesday here at home. So uh, try to take the lessons that we can and then get prepared as we can for our game tomorrow. You know, perhaps lost in the disappointment uh, of the uh, of the loss on uh, Saturday night is the fact that you had two games last week and you held both of those opponents to 50 points. One is in a win, one's in a loss, but what does that say about uh, the type of defense you got out of your team uh, in those two games? One, a win over St. Bonaventure, and then the loss on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, well, two different games. You know, obviously, um, you know, from the standpoint of, of uh, the St. Bonaventure game, I thought 
our guys did a really good job of making it difficult um, in terms of their what they wanted to try to do and the way they play. Um, you know, with the with the George Mason game, uh, their numbers are pretty good from an offensive standpoint uh, as well. You know, we understood the importance of the three point line. We understood uh, the importance of trying to keep them out of transition. I thought we did a decent job for the most part. They did make 10 threes in the game. Um, you know, so we could have obviously been better there. Uh, but, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, we try to take every game, uh, you know, in its, in, as itself, you know. So uh, the fact that we were able to uh, hold two opponents to, to 50 points, two, two completely different preps, I think it, it says that our guys are doing a pretty good job of understanding scouting reports. Uh, and understanding what we've got to do to allow ourselves to try to have some success uh, from a defensive standpoint. Now, uh, the game that we're preparing for tomorrow will be completely different from either of those other two games. So, you know, different challenge with with this Fordham team coming in. But hopefully, we can we can um, establish those habits and the understanding of, of paying attention to details that are, that gives us a chance to be successful. You, you mentioned a quick turnaround, and uh, this is a very quick one in, in, because you had a tra- you're coming off a travel. You're coming off a night travel, and then you've you got to turn around, and you're going to be playing uh, tomorrow night at home. Um, uh, obviously, that, that is a challenge, but with, with, with a team, and, and a young team too, uh, that was visible. I was there. I saw them. They were visibly disappointed uh, on Saturday night. Uh, is there something cathartic about being able to get right back on the court and try to get that bad taste out of your mouth? Well, we hope so, you know, and obviously, um, you know, it, it's a, a great opportunity, you know, to, 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 to be at home. Uh, we're, we're playing a team that's playing really well right now in Fordham. Uh, they've had uh, some impressive wins uh, in, the, in the conference and, and some, some heartbreaking losses for them where they had opportunities to win in their last three games and felt just a little bit short. So we understand we're going to get, you know, their best, their best game and we got to be prepared to play our best game. You know, this, I think Fordham is a kind of emblematic of, of the a 10 this year where uh, for, for, forget about the, the names on the fronts of the jerseys that you, what you've associated with them uh, in the past. Uh, this is a league this year where top to bottom, um, there are are good teams, regardless of what they've done before. Uh, you're seeing much improved versions of of most of the teams in the league up and up and down up and down the standings right now. Yeah, I think that's what you want to see in our, in our league is, is um, you know a, a level of where where you can say maybe some teams that haven't been as strong uh, get better. And I think Fordham's a great example of that. You know, their new staff has done a great job. They've got some veteran players. That have been, you know, through the through the rigors of, of uh, college basketball, through the rigors of playing uh, in the A10, and they understand what it's all about, and they 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 play with the chip. So, uh, so yeah, I think I think you're seeing that. I think a lot of a lot of maybe what our fan base is accustomed to in terms of certain teams not being as strong. I think it's it's a it's a different uh, it's a different day in terms of you know when I look at film and watch uh, you know these uh, these programs. Uh, like a Fordham, who may have not had as much success in the past, uh, their their staff is doing a really good job. The guy, the kids seem to be bought in in terms of what they need to do offensively and defensively. So, uh, yeah, we expect this to be, you know, a, a, a challenging uh, game tomorrow, and uh, we got to be ready to play our best. 
you know, and, and a guy that no doubt has gotten a, a lot of your attention in your scouting report as you prepare will obviously be very emotionally charged to come back. I, I can't imagine he wouldn't be. Darius Quisenberry played his high school basketball at Wayne, yeah. uh, then went to Youngstown State, is now uh, there as a grad transfer at, at, at Fordham. And I've seen, boy, I, Coach, I don't need to tell you that uh, oftentimes uh, someone comes back to the UD Arena back home and it, it may be an angry sellout crowd that is rooting against him, but some some people that just brings out the best in them. You know, he's playing at a high level. I think his last game, uh, they they uh, played uh, Davidson over the weekend, and I, I think he may have had 36, 36, 38 points in the game. So he, he's playing at a high level, and you know he's got some teammates you know to go with him that are all very very capable uh, of having big nights, and you know they uh, defensively. They do a lot of things that that we got to we got to make sure that we're prepared for. So should be uh, should be a great challenge. Yeah, Quisenberry today was named the Atlantic Ten uh, Player of the Week. As you mentioned, he had that uh, season high thirty six points uh, in in that uh, uh, near near win. They came up just short, uh, losing in the last second, if you will, to Davidson. So uh, a handful indeed. Uh, still to come, we'll take a little bit more about uh, what lies ahead this week for for Dayton and also. You know, the, this Dayton basketball team is, continues to grow, continues to develop. We continue to see players literally grow up before our eyes. We'll see more. We'll say more about that when we continue the Anthony Grant Show. We're not live at Frickers, but Frickers is our sponsor right here on the home of the Flyers. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. And good evening and welcome again to The Anthony Grant Show, sponsored by Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. We're not physically there tonight, uh, but uh, we'll be returning there in uh, the weeks to come. Uh, Coach Grant uh, joining us on the phone here this evening. And then at 7.30, uh, we'll have a special guest as uh, we've been uh, talking to uh, former Flyers uh, as part of the program every Monday night and uh, not getting their analysis, if you will, of this Dayton basketball team, but talking about their own Dayton careers and what they've done since then. And uh, one of the fans' all-time favorites, uh, the all-time leading scorer in UD history, Roosevelt Chapman, uh, will be joining us uh, here coming up uh, following the news at 7.30 and uh, – you know, a, a, a former teammate of yours, Coach. Um, we could probably yeah. we could probably fill a whole evening with just with Roosevelt Chapman stories. Uh, <laughs> no question. The, the stuff he did, I you know I've, you know we, we we've seen obviously uh, in in recent history uh, the the stuff that Obi Toppin did. Uh, we're seeing uh, some glimpses of that with uh, uh, Deron Holmes and of course Chris Wright, uh, one of the highest of the high flyers. But I tell you what. Roosevelt, he could hang with all of them. I, I will forever remember this. It was my first year broadcasting the games, and he comes down on a fast break in a game against Minnesota at home, um, and they had a center, seven foot three, Randy Brewer. Went on played in the NBA for a while, and Chap came down one-on-one. And, and the amazing thing is he didn't charge. He stopped, elevated, went straight up over top of him and dunked. And uh, yeah. without no charge, no no contact, he just flat out jumped over a seven foot three guy and dunked on him. But you saw that ever? You, yeah. you saw that all the time in practice. Yeah, I mean, Chad, <laughs> Chad had the he had the rare combination of of uh, of, of grace 
and explosiveness and power, you know, and he was able to put that together uh, before the before the euro became popularized. He was doing that, and and to think of what he accomplished, you know, without a three point line, um, I think without a shot clock, you know, to, to be able to score over two thousand points in his career, I think says a lot in terms of you know what he uh, what he was all about, and you know that run. Uh, that I had a chance to witness and be a part of as a freshman, uh, you know, to the elite eight, uh, you know, that he orchestrated, uh, you know, and obviously he had a lot of help with, you know, guys like Larry Schellenberg and Cedric Tony and Damon Goodwin and, uh, you know, uh, other, the other cast of characters. Uh, it was, it was uh, you know, one of my fondest memories in college basketball. Uh, let's we'll talk a little bit about just kind of just coaching in general because, uh, you know, as a coach, you're going to be dealing with players of different talent levels. And, uh, you know, is, is, it, is it important to find out what that, what that talent is within the individual and then coach him up, if you will, to the best version of him? Yeah, I, I, I believe so. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, that's that's all of our, you know, roles, as, as whether it's coaches or staff members or, you know, people that get a chance to work with, with young people. I think we, we try to make them become the best version of themselves. And, you know, we try to figure out what is it that that um, will allow them to do that, you know, and, and you try to bring that out of them and, as best you can. And then you try to mold that into something that uh, when when you can work, in unison with others helps the team be successful. You know, so that, that's the, that's the trick of it. And sometimes it takes a little longer to figure that out. And sometimes you can, you can kind of find it early. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, we, we talked about this quite a bit with this team is finding our identity and, and being able to, to, to stay true to it and embrace it and build the habits and play to the standards that we want to every single night. And so we're a work in progress and trying to do that. You know, with with the team, I think that it's making progress. Coach, when you see uh, an, an individual start to be, you know, what he can be, and and, and figure out who he is within this, the framework of of a larger entity, uh, how rewarding is that when when you see that light bulb go on? Uh, whether it's expressed to you like, Coach, I get it now, or just by their play, you realize they get it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what it's all about. That that's the that's the rewarding part of coaching to see you know young men develop, you know, and become the best version of themselves, and and especially uh, you know when you can see the the work and the, the commitment that guys put in pay dividends for them. You know, I, I always say there's no substitute for the work. Uh, the answer is always going to be in the work. You know, and so the ability to uh, whether it's you know uh, a guy that you know, maybe not having an opportunity to play, you know, as much as they want, just having the wherewithal to stick with it and, and put extra time in and figure out what do I need to do to, to, to be successful or a guy that's playing that, that wants to take that next step uh, to understand that, you know, it's not all how many shots you take or, you know, it's not all I got to get stronger in the weight room. Sometimes just understanding the game of basketball from a mental standpoint and how, how much that can take take you leaps and bounds and make you better when you understand the game. So, yeah, that that's uh, to me that's that's the fun in coaching is, is to see that development. 
you, you got 200 minutes to play within any given game, and obviously uh, you, you, this is not T-ball where it gets to divide it up evenly. It's it's the guys who can put you in position to win that are going to be out there on the floor. And um, yeah. it's, it's going to be tough for some guys to get minutes. And, and, I, and I look at a case in point. I, I don't like to point out individuals, but, you know, Zimmy Wilkeji, you know, it's, it's hard for him to find minutes right now. But my, yeah. my observation being around Zimmy, watching him practice, watching him be a part of this team, uh, it, it, his attitude, though, is not that of a guy who's having a hard time finding minutes. Yeah, no, Zimmy, Zimmy's a super, super, super young man. And, uh, you know, Zimmy, uh, the thing I, I always tell guys is it's always better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. You know, and so what I ask of all of our guys is just to make sure they're doing everything they can so that that opportunity at some point presents itself, that they're ready, you know, and, and he's got you know, some guys, you know, ahead of him right now that are, that are playing really well and doing some good things for our team. And, you know, as a coach, you can only put five guys out there on the floor at a time. And so, you know, my job is to try to put the team out there that in my opinion, gives us the best chance on any given night, you know, to be successful. So I appreciate you know, the sacrifices that uh, some of the guys make in terms of not having the opportunity to play as much as they would like uh, and being able to block out the outside noise and understand that for our team uh, to, to have the best chance to be successful, we all have to be willing to accept the role as it is, you know, right now. And that, that doesn't mean that we don't want more, that we, uh, we necessarily have to, have to like or, or be excited about it. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, when you commit to being a part of a of a team, uh, you know that that commitment uh, is that commitment, regardless of how things are going for you as an individual, whether it's it's you know playing time or shots or whatever it is that uh, you, you you cheer for your teammates and you you understand you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah, and and as you well know, uh, is every you know a guy's uh, two quick fouls or a rolled ankle away from an opportunity. Uh, to to not just step up and get an opportunity to play, but to help his team, help his team be successful. And uh, I know you got some guys that got their heads on straight when it when it comes to that stuff. All right, we got just about a minute here, coach, and then we'll let you go. So just um, you know, looking at where your team is right now, and obviously the prep for Fordham uh, tomorrow night. Um, kind of your 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 focus, your emphasis beyond the X and O's of preparing for the Rams. Well, I mean, right right now with the with the quick with the quick prep, um, you know, our, our focus is more on uh, making sure that that number one, we're 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 mentally uh, ready to, to to go out and, and and give our best. And I think our guys have done a good job all year of making sure that they're getting their rest and they're they're as prepared as they can be. The other side of it is, you know, this team, uh, this Fordham team, defensively, uh, they've done a really good job of uh, of being really disruptive. Um, whether it's their full court pressure, their half court pressure, their changing defenses, um, you know that this will be, uh, you know, a game where we'll have to do a really good job of being able to take care of the basketball and making sure we find shots. And then they've got a variety of guys. I, I believe right now they have attempted the most three point shots in the A10 so far this season. Yeah. Um, so they've got a variety of different guys. Uh, that are more than capable of having big nights from the three-point line, and and then they've got uh, a young man in the in the in the post.
close. Um, it's been there, I think, the fifth or sixth year guy. So an older guy that I think leads the A-10 in rebounding, may lead the A-10 in double-doubles. So, you know, a really good combination of inside and outside uh, play. So, so we'll have to we'll have to be as prepared as possible and make sure that we're ready to go on both sides. All right, Coach, uh, we'll let you go. Look forward to seeing you uh, tomorrow night uh, and uh, have another good night of prep as uh, you get ready for the Rams. Uh, that's uh, Anthony Grant as Dayton is uh, taking on Fordham tomorrow night, a 7 o'clock tip there. Another game coming up on Friday night. Uh, the Flyers hosting uh, Rhode Island Friday night again at 7 o'clock. We'll take a look at that here coming up. But we're also going to visit with the Velvet Man, Roosevelt Chapman. He'll be joining us on the other side of the news as we continue on the Anthony Grant Show. Brought to you by Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. And welcome back uh, to the Anthony Grant Show, the home of the Flyers, uh, brought to you by Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Uh, We're not there at uh, the Frickers on Woodman Drive tonight, but uh, we'll be returning there next week for that next edition of the Anthony Grant Show. Dave, with a couple of... Uh, games last week, it was a split, a 68-50 win over St. Bonaventure at home on Tuesday, and then a loss on the road Saturday night, falling to George Mason, 50-49. Uh, uh, to 49. Two games this week, tomorrow night, home against Fordham, and then home on Friday night against Rhode Island, both those games tipping off at 7 o'clock. Well, throughout uh, the course of this season, we'd like to uh, welcome in a former flyer to the Anthony Grant Show to allow them to uh, reflect upon their UD career, let the fans know what they're up to these days. And uh, if ever there was a guy who needs no introduction, it would be our next guest. Uh, He is the all-time leading scorer in men's basketball at the University of Dayton. Uh, He is a fan favorite uh, and still to this day. Uh, Roosevelt Chapman, as always, it is good to talk to you, my friend. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm doing outstanding, and um, we're, we're going to get uh, up to speed on uh, what what Chap's up to these days, but uh, I want to take you down memory lane first <laughs> uh, to that uh, that Flyer career uh, that, uh, that culminated uh, your senior year with that uh, magnificent run to the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament, but um, let's talk about how you, you first became – familiar with the University of Dayton. Uh, bring us uh, up to bring us uh, up to, to date on and how that recruiting process went for you when you're coming out of Brooklyn. <laughs> oh wow, so I got to go back in the days here. I remember uh I was in Times Square area and had a friend with me. He was kind of my mentor. His name was Arnold Hershkowitz. And I'm probably have about 150 scholarships around the country at this particular time. So I just asked him just a regular question. I said, what school do you think I should go to? He said, you should go to University of Dayton. I said, Dayton? I said, where's that at in Florida? So I had no idea <laughs> where where Dayton was at. And um, I got a chance to visit the school, and I just loved it. I loved the arena. I loved the smaller campus. And it was, it was a place where I knew I could go and I could um, – I could make something work there, and by the grace, it did. 
What was what was the biggest adjustment for you? Uh, to you know, was it was it leaving uh, New York City to live in Dayton, Ohio? Was it just adjusting to college, or was it the, the the transition from high school to college basketball? What was the biggest adjustment? Um, truthfully, I was raised in primarily a Latino and Black neighborhood school system, and when I came to University of Dayton, it was different. It was more of a Caucasian campus, and outside on the west side, it was. It was it was a culture shock to me, um, so I had to get over that after my first semester. By the grace, I had good teammates, and you know they brought me close, and um, and I evolved to the Dayton life, and um, it was a great life, and I really enjoyed it. You got a chance to play right away, and and made your mark as a freshman, a sophomore, and then just you just build upon it year after year. Uh, Let's look at that senior year, though, um, a, a team that obviously made that great run in the Elite Eight, but it was a team, as I recall, uh, was sitting, I think, I think you guys were 7-7 seven and seven in January. And play, you got to play a game at Temple, and Temple at that point in time was nationally ranked. And uh, Coach Donaher decided to go small. He went small. Ed Young became your your five man, and uh, you you were an undersized four man, and and you guys caught fire then. What what made that click? And you're correct. We were seven and seven, and we finished out that regular season eighteen and ten. So we kind of shift gears. We kind of gelled, and we felt something. And um, and being smaller, we were quicker. I think um, Zern kind of. Uh, put him out of the lineup and inserted at young. We became a small ball like they're doing now in the W in the NBA. They're playing small ball. So we were probably the first one to play small ball under the circumstances. So we were quicker. Uh, we were more guard orientated because everybody could handle the ball and pass and running and go through pick and rolls. And um, that just took our, our confidence to, to the next level. That year, you became the leading scorer in uh, in men's uh, basketball history at UD, and I can remember the game it happened. It was on the road against Maryland, uh, and, and there again, a game that uh, in in that great stretch, uh, you, unfortunately, you just came up just short in that game. But what do you remember of, uh, about that night at, at, at against the Terps? Oh boy, um, you know you had left Drizel. He recruited me um, highly, so. I'm pretty sure he wanted to um, to, <laughs> to win that particular game because I didn't choose the Terps. I chose the Flyers. Um, they, I, I'm pretty sure I might be wrong, but Len Bias might have been on that team as he well. He was. He was. He was, right. And they had another guard that was very good, played in the pros, named um, Adrian Branch as well. And um, it, was, it was a great game. We came up a little short. I got the all-time leading uh, scoring leader at that particular game. But it really didn't shine to me because I wanted that victory in that particular game as well. Well, the the victories uh, did follow. It was shortly after that that, that, that your teammate uh, Ed Young uh, uh, made his name uh, a legendary in Flyer basketball history by hitting the shot against DePaul. Uh, you got the assist, though. <laughs> you know, I... People always ask me about that. If said, what's on your mind that you passed the ball within a couple of seconds before the game was going to be over? And um, I knew Ed Young, you know, practices prior that 
everybody has a sweet spot, and he was in a better position than I was at that particular time. So I remember I got the ball, the whole fan said, oh, and then when I passed the ball, they said, oh, <laughs> but I'm so glad he hit the shot. Otherwise, I would have been the scapegoat. <laughs> All right. When, when, when we continue our conversation uh, with Roosevelt Chapman, uh, we're going to continue that trip down memory lane and uh, the, 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 the trip out to Salt Lake City and then Los <laughs> Angeles. And then, more importantly, I think uh, we're going to learn what Roosevelt's up to these days. He's had a great career uh, post-UD, and we're going to learn more about that. We continue the Anthony Grant Show. It is brought to you by Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Anthony Grant Show. The Dayton Flyers a pair of games coming up this week. Uh, tomorrow at home against Fordham. Friday night at home against uh, Rhode Island. Dayton right now 12-7, 4-2 in the Atlantic 10. After a split last week, a win over St. Bonaventure, then Saturday night's road loss uh, to George Mason. Uh, we've got as our special guest here uh, on this part of the Anthony Grant Show, Roosevelt Chapman, uh, Dayton's all-time uh, leading scorer and a, uh, one of the most popular flyers to ever put on the uniform. And uh, you, you kind of sealed uh, you, 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 your legacy, if you will, with that run to the late eight in the 1984 NCAA tournament. Uh, you guys went out to, to, uh, to Salt Lake City to take on LSU, and nobody was expecting anything from the Flyers. You guys entered uh, that tournament, that that city, as as underdogs. Uh, what do you remember about that uh, that weekend? We was flying very high. Matter of fact, even before the bids came out, we really didn't think we had a chance to make the NCAA. Out of my whole career, I never got a chance, or never had a great enough record um, home wins to to reach the NCAA. A few. MITs, but not the NCAA. So when we finally got the bid, which we were the last, very last team to make it, uh, we were so thrilled. We were so thrilled. And um, personally, I told myself, I said, now the world's going to get a chance to see what Dayton really could do. And um, and it worked out excellent. We played well, and, um, and we got the victory. But what I remember most about that game is after the game, um, Donahue and myself, we were at the press conference. We probably had 200 reporters, cameras, microphones, and all the questions were uh, going to coach. And then as it was winding down, one reporter asked me, he said, Roosevelt, he said, um, he said, you luckily got past LSU. How do you feel now going against number two, Wayman Tisdale, Oklahoma Sooners. And I was like, how dare he say, luckily, we beat them fair and square. We played very well. So, so I kind of set the stage for the next game. I said, we're going to find out who the real All-American is. And once that happened, um, we pl- played Oklahoma, we beat them, and it just became a roller coaster effect. And I think that's when Flyer Nation, quote-unquote, uh, really – <laughs> started coming to life. Yeah, 41 points in that in that win over Oklahoma, and you were far and away the best player on the floor. In fact, uh, maybe folks don't realize, you led the entire NCAA tournament in scoring uh, in, in 1984. 
Uh, you, you got one more uh, after that, uh, knocking off uh, the Berlin Wall of Christian Velf and Detlef Schrempf in Washington. And then uh, ultimately you guys fall to uh, the eventual national champion, uh, Georgetown Hoyas. And um, it was it was a bittersweet moment. I mean, you felt like you'd accomplished something, but you came up short of what you wanted to do. But if you're going to lose, I would rather lose to the champs. So um, they beat us. We wished them luck, and they, they finished the next two games and won the championship. Um, Georgetown was very was a very huge team, you know, with Patrick Ewan. He was mammoth. And um, we just didn't have enough uh, talent at that particular time, position for position, uh, to compete with them. But um, but it was a great run. Um, it'd be memorable for the rest of my life, is, and I'm pretty sure my teammates and coaches feel the same way. All right. So then uh, the, the UD part of uh, Roosevelt uh, Chapman's basketball career comes to a close. Uh, uh, share with our listeners uh, what then happened next for you, first of all, on the basketball side of things. Well, I got drafted by the Kansas City um, Kings. Um, I went to a couple of all-star games that was um, I really shouldn't have went to. Um, I kind of exposed my position. Um, I know for the next level I would be playing guard, but at UD I was <laughs> playing power forward, small forward. I had to jump center. I had to come back and, and help with the press. So I really didn't have a position. So I kind of went to these all-star games, and I kind of exposed um, some lack of my uh, weaknesses by not handling the ball the whole court versus just half a court. And I wish I would have made a couple of changes if I'd have had some mentors at that particular time, I think it would have been different. But nevertheless, I went overseas, had a great career, played over there uh, 12 years, and uh, made a name for myself over there as well. And um, it was like um, uh, Roosevelt Chapman Part Two history overseas. So um, I, had, I, had a, I had a very good time exploring the world. And then, so then, basketball uh, that that chapter comes to a close, and 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 what's and tell us about the next chapter in, in the life of Roosevelt Chapman because it, it included uh, some more degrees from UD. Yes, that's that's true. I um, after I finished playing, I probably could have played another three years. I was blessed not to have um, too many injuries, but I started missing my family. Being overseas each year for about nine months out the year. I'd only got a chance to see my parents, um, you know, maybe a couple of months out every year. They started getting up in age, so I went to be closer to them. So I cut my career short, went there, spent um, quality time with them. Then after that, I said, what am I going to do with my life? I said, let me, let me go back to school. I called the university, and they said, you're definitely welcome back to come and get your graduate's degree. So I did that, and after that, I became a teacher. I taught for several years in four different states and um, got a chance to um, help the future, the future um, ballers, the future educators of the world. And that, that felt great as well. Um, they said you can't keep it unless you give it away. So it's a part of my life right now. I really try to help the future. I know you had uh, a special moment when you got to come back to Ohio and uh, to be enshrined in the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, you know, did, did, when you receive honors like that, obviously a, a UD Hall of Famer and all the things you've done, what's that mean? That means a legacy is created. 
and within a legacy you have to you have to help others um to build on that legacy and and as you build on that legacy you help other people to build their legacies as well so that felt great I, i'm truly honored um i keep in contact with the board over there um for futuristic um projects as well so i, I feel truly blessed now what does roosevelt chapman do to 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 feed the the competitive fire that that, that lies within you <laughs> Funny you should ask, Larry. Um, since I moved to South Dakota, I asked when I first came here because it's it's not as many things to do as other big cities because uh, it's more spread out. So they said, hey, do you throw darts or you shoot pool? So I haven't thrown a dart yet, but I shoot a lot of pool, and I got a lot better at it, and I'm playing with the elites out here. And overall, I like playing pool now a lot better than basketball because at my age, it's a lot easier on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, but do you ever do you ever pick up? You ever walk by through a gym and you see a ball, pick it up, and just just take a couple shots and 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 you mess around a little bit? I sure do. Matter of fact, you know, basketball is still in me. I, I've been playing it ever since I've been four years old. So um, I still love the game. I still like to shoot the ball. And sometimes, sometimes if I'm at a rec center and I get a young guy to, to challenge me in some type of way because you don't know who I, I really am, I would play against him. And, and afterwards, I could pat myself on the back and, and tell myself, you still got it. You know, you still got it. <laughs> Velvet, what, what has the University of Dayton and your experience here, um, you know, both as a student and, and, and as, as a basketball player, what has that meant to your life? Every time I come back to University of Dayton and the city of Dayton, I see that it seems like an extra branch is being um, built on to university. Every time I come back, is an extension. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. It's getting larger. It's more students. And I'm so happy for that. That makes me feel so great. Um, to a degree, maybe for that, I played a part in that, you know, in the 80s, um, helping the school grow. Um, I'm, I'm truly honored. Matter of fact, I was in town um, for Coach Donaher's um, basketball reunion. And technically, it was a surprise 90th birthday party for him. And um, it was a great affair. I got a chance to see a lot of players that I haven't seen in a long time. And wanted me to come to see his um, see his players, his new players play. So next day, I went over to the Bucky Bockhorn Center and watched them play. And I was quite impressed. And then afterwards, we had a huddle at the end of practice. And he said, uh, Roosevelt, would you like to say a few words? And I talked to him, and um, I asked him, I said, for example, I said, when the season starts, you're going to go against a conference team, let's say, for example, St. Louis. I said, now you're going to a guy that's stronger, quicker, have more knowledge of the game. I said, are you going to let him have his way, or are you going to put an elbow in his side and say, not today, son? And it was Holmes and um malachi they was right in front of me and they said not today son they said it with a lot of conviction and i knew these young kids they could, they've got a lot of promise and 
and they're going to gel. The last four games, they played very well. This last game, the energy level just wasn't quite there. But sometimes you, take, you need a game like that to get you back on track. So I'm looking great things for them against Fordham coming up shortly. All right. Well, uh, we're looking forward to those games, and we always look forward to a chance to visit with you. Uh, you become a dear friend through the years. You are a legend in Dayton basketball and a great uh, a credit to the University of Dayton and, and, and all who've worn the Flyer uniform. Roosevelt Chapman, thanks for joining us tonight. Larry, before I leave, I just want to let you know I want to congratulate you again for 40-plus years in broadcasting. In my opinion, you, you're one of the better or the best um, broadcasters in the nation's um, I just want to let you know that you helped create Velvet when I played by all of your play-by-play. Well, and I just want to say thank you for being part of the Flyer Nation program. Well, you are too kind, but I do appreciate that those remarks, especially coming from you. Roosevelt Chapman, uh, <laughs> good to talk to you, and uh, thanks for joining us here tonight. Well, that's going to wrap up the, this edition of the Anthony Grant Show. And again, not at Frickers tonight. Uh, we'll try to be out there on Woodman Drive next Monday where we'll be taking a look at the week that was, a home game against Fordham tomorrow night at 7, and then a, a Friday night game against uh, Rhode Island. Uh, both uh, our Rams, both will be before sellout crowds at the UD Arena, beginning with our coverage tomorrow night, the extended Bud Light pregame show at 6, and then tip-off at 7 against Fordham. That's the same scenario Friday against Rhode Island. We'll look forward to talking to you then. Have a great week, everyone, and go Flyers. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.